You're listening to The People's Pitch, the official podcast of Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by Football Stadium Prince. Let's start the show. And as I talked about just a couple minutes ago, as Joe Watt stands over this one, he appears to be the one taking the penalty here. Uh, this is a huge confidence booster if you're a Duluth. Worst Mr. case Elder scenario for City right more. here. And it stopped! Yes! And it stopped! Totally Matt Elder! <laughs> Matt Elder redeeming himself! Oliver with the right foot. The shot is... Oh! Oliver! And Justin Oliver will break the scoreless tie. And it is 1-0 Minneapolis City. It's Hutton now on the offense with the left foot. And oh, oh, it is now 2-0 Minneapolis oh, yes. City. Good finish. Nick Hutton taking his quick victory lap. Adrift in a boat woven from the confused thoughts of supporters everywhere, this is the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of your Minneapolis City SC. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Nate, joined by my partner in this sudden journey through Hades, John Biswin. John, not to start on a downer, but describe your emotions as you return from the wilderness this week <clears throat> to the Memorial Day weekend's results. Well, uh honestly nate it was it was nice to unplug but i was an emotional wreck being off the grid <laughs> uh when we had like some do or do or die type soccer weekend ahead of us and i i did i couldn't see anything i couldn't uh, i couldn't get anything uh until uh monday so uh but however i was able to rewatch most of this weekend's action and there are some key positives from what i saw uh and that's part of what we'll dive into today for sure it has been a grip since we have had to cover negative results from this team, but this last weekend, the negative results kept on coming. We'll talk about those. The Crows were dealt a serious blow to playoff <laughs> hopes this week, falling to both Med City and, shockingly, also to Dakota Fusion. Uh, with a big game against Duluth up next, John, I want to get serious about what it's going to take to turn this ship around. Um, mm -hmm. Also, some would say the USL 2 side was done wrong in Stillwater. We agree. I was there. I agree. Um, and then finally, it's not all doom and gloom. The UPSL squad squared off against three tough opponents this last week, and they came away having protected their undefeated record. They're in really good shape for the playoffs. So that'll be a nice way to close the show out. Uh, but first, let's start with our NPSL team. John, I think it's safe to say that the worst case scenario has struck. Uh, the Crows fell to both Med City and incredibly Dakota Fusion. Uh, in both games, the team just looks stretched out, I think lacking cohesion. We can get to my takes in a little bit, but start with the Med City game. What what happened? Well, before we get into the Med City game, first and foremost, neither of us watched the Fusion game. So let's just say that uh, the game happened. We took a disappointing loss, uh, and we'll not ever talk about it again. Okay. Okay. Uh, how, how does that how does that sound? Yeah. Let's do it. Um, Deal. But this this Med City match for me was a tough one uh, to really iron out. On one hand, it's been what I think is four years since we've lost an NPSL game in Rochester. So I was anticipating that we would kind of continue that streak after all the conversations we had had internally and like all the changes that were made. Uh, and then on the other hand, typically uh, we, we come in there, uh, we, we come in there and, and, and they had, uh, you know, we, we had more fire usually going in there, but not the case this time. Also um, the stream was so fucking bad that I had like my wallet, keys and phone in hand and was like ready to drive to Rochester just to catch like the bulk of like at least of a half until the, the game kind of kicked in finally on the stream. 
and it was yeah. actually viewable. So um, if you're with Med City, uh, historically, the streams have been good for everyone but us. I don't know if it's because of the weather, but can you fix that? Otherwise, I'm going to have to take days off of work and go to midweek games in Rochester, which I don't really want to do. But anyways, this one basically went down, Nate. They wanted it more, and we played just good enough to kind of stay in the game for bits. Um, and then you compound on top of things like bad errors and own goal. And that, that stuff's just too much to overcome with how the MPSL team is playing right now. To a great start. Luik scores an early goal. Um, you, the, you're like, all right, we figured it out. We scored first. And then you're like, all right, here comes the haymaker. And it's an yeah. own goal. And then it's a bad giveaway. Uh, and it's just like everything just kind of went against us. So, I mean, to credit where credit is due, Med City put away their chances. And we did not. Simple as that. Um, I think the issues of roster cohesion game to game in the NPSL this year was on full display as, as the group that went out uh, from the jump, just looked on a different page. You know, the final balls weren't there. The final movement that was needed wasn't there. And it just like, looked like we couldn't get anything going. And it looked like some players were maybe put out of position um, we, we know that's the thing we need to figure out. Um, but on this day, I feel it was one a on the list and then things like that are hard to overcome when it, when they start piling up and all of a sudden we, uh, we, we take the loss three to one, our worst loss ever against them. Yeah. I, I think that what you said is going to play into what we're going to talk about in just a second. But before we do, we do like to talk about top performers from these games, uh, obviously we had the one goal scored by, it seems like the guy that is increasingly our talisman. Uh, yeah. would you say Loic is the standout from this game? Yeah, I would say so. I, and, and to be completely fair and honest with ourselves, uh, even Loic didn't play. So it, it's kind of tough to say like there was a standout performer. However, the continued activity of Loic up top, his ability to finish and whether it's, uh, you know, a goal, a chance or a goal, every 10 chances, there's still a goal in the mix when he's been yeah. deployed um, by and large. I'd say there were some instances where he, he, uh, he hasn't scored, but he seems to be scoring every week somewhere for the club. So hats off the week. Good job. Can't, can't fault him for that. Uh, last week, John, I said that if we lose to med city on Wednesday, at least we're gonna have a nice bounce back game against Dakota at home. Uh, this was one of the few home games that neither of us could make. I was in Stillwater. You were out camping. Uh, not, be, rather than answering what in the world happened, I, I want to talk about kind of what you teased. What's going on with this club? You said we're missing that final ball. We're missing that final movement. The cohesion isn't there. I know that you are tight to the internal back and forth, so I don't want to put this segment. I didn't want to put this segment on you. Instead, I want to talk a little bit from my own perspective. I want to give you my observations and analysis. I've been watching the team. I'm tight with the team for over six years now. And, and I feel like there, there has to be some explanation around how a team that was top four in the country last year could add talent arguably and flounder so spectacularly in the NPSL. And, and for the sake of this discussion, I don't think the U the USL two team should kind of be lumped into these results. I think we know that the USL two, like going up a league, needing to level up from a coaching standpoint, needing to level up from an organization standpoint is a big, is a big ask. And I don't think we've been, I think we've been competitive 
in our USL games. And we, you know, we have point probably should have had four total to show for it. And the season's not even close to over, but we're, 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 we tend to be way more successful in the NPSL. So I want to, I want to use them as my example. Sure. And I want I think John, it's to me, it feels like the 40 man pool does this, this idea of there will be a pool of players that will pick from and build both rosters every week. And they'll kind of, <laughs> kind of be very fluid. That doesn't seem like it's working because consistency across the teams just does not exist anymore. Like I think mm-hmm. consistency is key for results, especially in the NPSL. You said it just a second ago. And, uh, and the sadly, the only consistent thing so far has been that Loic can score goals. Mm-hmm. Um, on both teams, I think it's clear individual talent is evident. You're looking at you're looking at guys like Joey Tawa um, suiting up for both squads. Uh, I think Jameson Charles might end Xavier. up, up for, I mean Xavier Zango is so good, right? Uh, you've got Loic that can pretty much play at any level. So in, individual talent is evident, but but like you said everyone is on a different page and we need, we need someone, we need to know where, where someone's going. Where's that final movement coming from? Where's that mm-hmm. final ball coming from in order to really deliver at the NPSL level. And these sure. guys, these guys don't really look like they can trust each other you because, also need like, because they're always different because they're always different guys on different teams. And you you also need like the, if I'm going to play a pass, I know that guy's going to be there. Even if it's mm-hmm. not the final ball, you know what I mean? Like just yeah. like a ra- a random, like, or, or like, um, I'm I'm in the back line, and I know I can pump a ball into a crowded middle because that guy might is probably not going to lose it. We don't have yeah. that co- cohesion or that understanding. Even if you are training together, but you don't you don't play in games together um, yeah. as much. Like that ball pumped into the middle, you might just go play the safe ball out wide, and then you've basically taken away all the movement around the field that's in front of you because you didn't trust one one part of that movement. You you described exactly what happened in the St. Croix game a lot. That mm-hmm. like the, the 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 great movement in the middle between Jameson and Aiden and and Luca was negated because time to time after time the safe the safe ball was just let's see let's play it to, to Herbert and see what he can do with it. And the problem mm-hmm. is is he was like triple teamed. Yeah, yeah. So all absolutely. that movement all that movement dies. But I think so. Here's in my mind what I think and. You don't have to comment on whether or not this is the club's <laughs> plans or anything, but in my mind, here's what I think the club should do. And that is look at the math moving forward and go all in on making the NPSL playoffs with a consistent core of guys who know that it's their job to get the club back in it. Right. And whether that means we don't make it because we're already too far underwater or whatever, it's like the NPSL success should be, should be the top priority of the organization because the USL two guys are here to play USL two and some of them might not move down. Like that's fine. They can, they can be the core of that team, but the NPSL team needs a core of guys who can play at that level and who can bring that team to success and who can start to count on each other. Then next year, and I know it sucks to already talk about next year, but the club might want to look at a structure similar to what we had last year between MC two and MC one. Mm-hmm. Right. That there was incentive for MC2 players to play hard and play well and maybe get the shot at the higher level. But really, the MC2 guys knew that their job was to win at the UPSL level. And 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 some of them were ha- just happy to be there because they were futures guys. Right. Some of them were already like, "Whoa, I can't believe it. And then for for them to be called up to the NPSL squad like that was a rare and beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that next year, building the NPSL squad in the same way to say like, look, guys, you're here. 
to win at this level. And if, if you're successful and if you perform, there are opportunities at the next level, but we can't promise that to you. And I think mm-hmm. that there are a lot of things at play this year that kept us from doing that commitments to coaches, commitments to players. Um, even, even just to get them to come back, we had to make those kind of commitments. Right. But I have to believe that with more cohesion week to week, like more consistency in team selection, the results are going to come this year. And I hope that that's the direction that the team is going. So you don't have to comment on that or you, or you can, or you can say you're exactly right and we can move on. But I think that I, is to, from talking to one, fans and talking to my, talking to my, to the fans that I, the, the fan that I live with um, and the, and you know, I am, uh, I think that that's, that's the approach. Well, I, I I'll add one comment. I think that um, the, the larger player pool it's not like it doesn't work. Uh, And I'm going to get into that in a little bit. Um, But I do agree with you that there has to be the delineation of you are here and you are here. Yeah. And you may go over here or go over here depending upon need, but this is, this is, these are, this is where you are. These are your roles. Same Mm -hmm. with the coaching staff. This is your team. These are the roles. This is the expectation go out and do it. So I don't think it's the model's fault. I think it's more of just like the model being new. And I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. I mean, you said it, right? Like it's the guys, it's, it's one thing to, to practice with say a core of six midfielders in the UPSL roster or the NPSL roster. I'm sorry. And know that uh, at any given Saturday there, you know, three of those six guys are going to be in the middle. And at least in practice, you can focus on building chemistry between those six guys. It's another thing to say there are, 12 to 15 midfielders that we need to figure out where they're going to plug in week to week. And they're all going to need to learn how to trust each other and work with each other at, at, at probably the highest level possible in order to prepare. Anyway, it's just, it just feels overwhelming, right. And really hard to build that confuse that, that, uh, that cohesion uh, between, between all sides, all parts of the field, but mm-hmm. Moving on with no USL two game on the schedule this week, the Crows have an opportunity to bounce back Saturday with what I think will be a full strength squad at um, home. And that's in air quotes against Duluth. So not, not going to be easy because John, this Duluth team is just rolling through the NPSL North, but given the talent available because there is no USL two game, we could do some damage. Couldn't we? I think all your points, Nate, that you mentioned are correct. I, I alluded to some of them before in my rant. Um, Clubs globally at much higher levels use this model and it, and it works and it has worked. However, uh, in our, in our, in our little slice of soccer pie, um, it, it hasn't. These other clubs have had decades of experience to perfect this model. So there's that we're in year one. So like I mentioned, do I, I think it's a total scrap and start over. I don't, but I do feel like it's an opportunity to maybe course correct and define those roles. I mentioned for players and coaches a bit better establish that defined core we talked about. Um, And for each of the competitions from a a roster perspective and then push and pull the levers around it. I really think that's the way to fix it. Mm -hmm. And, and again, we talked about like, is it, is it, uh, you know, we don't lose a lot around here, so we're losing right now. Um, did we think we were going to be successful across the board? We had, had hoped we were. Um, we had thought the script was going to be a little bit more flipped, where we would still be successful at the senior level, and then the futures would be struggling. And we're seeing this maybe not the case. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's like it, it sucks to lose. It sucks to be in a funk. 
winning helps everything. Um, there were still the same types of issues when we were winning. It just was being masked for the fact that we were winning, right? So it, it's okay. For soccer fans, it's okay. For people in the club, it's okay. For, for players, it's okay. We just have to figure out how to make it better. And whether it's a make it better this season or it's make it better for next season, we, we have to make the commitment to do that and all come into it with open, open ears and eyes to, to be okay to changes um, to, to make it better. So enough about that. For this weekend, I feel there'll be a little bit of different set of players coming into the Duluth uh, rubber match. And I also feel like players will be, you know, migrating back to more of their natural positions of strength, which I think is much needed. Um, as you noted, Duluth is rolling, uh, and for good reasons. We've already kind of touched on those on previous shows. However, in this in game one, I felt that they tossed everything they had at us, mm-hmm. and we played about as absolutely bad as we possibly could, and we only left Duluth with a two nothing loss. And there were chances, not a lot, but there were chances. And I think that you know, like it could have gone a different way if we would have even just ratcheted up in like one or two specific areas. So what I'm trying to say is not, I'm, I'm not scared and I wasn't scared going into that last game. I was just a little bit curious as to how it would play out. This one, I feel like it's going to be different. Um, it's going to be at home or kind of on, at home. We're going to be uh, at finishing up prep week. Um, <clears throat> but all I ask from this group going into the match on Saturday, um, regardless of result. I'll caveat that. So win, lose, draw, whatever. I ask three simple things. Uh, so I hope they're, I hope they're <laughs> <laughs> um, adapt to the game organically. So yes, have a plan, but be willing as a soccer player on the field that can absolutely impact how things go to organically understand how the game's unfolding and know your own role and how you can adapt to the situation without constantly defaulting to the game plan you know what mm-hmm. i mean because if the game plan's not working and you're constantly uh default defaulting back into it it's just it, it just adds you're just on digging to, into a deeper hole yeah yeah exactly so just adapt and and use your soccer brain that is the reason why part of the reason why we are on the team because you have a good soccer brain so Number one. Number two, play like you want it more than them. Like, we have not seen that since last year against Carpathia in the, in the, in the, the regional semifinal. Like, yeah. that game, we came in hosting the playoffs for the first time, and we came out and we just destroyed them and wanted it more. And then we went into the, Colum- uh, the Cleveland game and we didn't want it more and not, and they won. And we, we've gone into all these games in this season out. Even I would even say in the twin stars game, when we did win, we just didn't, we didn't even look like we wanted that one more either um, to, to be honest. So want it more like ha- get that fire back. And then lastly, just beat the guy in front of you. <laughs> so don't worry about the five, six options ahead that might happen. If you make a decision with the ball beat the guy in front of you off the dribble, off the pass, off the shot. On the flip side, that they're coming at you, take the ball from the guy, follow the guy, whatever you have to do, like make them not want to come back your way again. So we, those individual one-on-one battles, if we can win those with some passion, I think it's a different story this weekend. So with all that said, <laughs> come on out to Breck. 
High School on Saturday uh, for an early game. Kickoff's at 6 p.m. If you're already in the neighborhood for the Futures game, you can just pop on over to the VFW. I went there after the after the, uh, the Peoria <laughs> game. It was fucking awesome. It was it's a nice ones. one. <laughs> it, it, it was great. I felt like I was driving into some like a like a movie set from Deliverance. Um, but <laughs> you uh, you get back there and it's it's a nice little spot. So uh, go ahead and check it out. But uh, once again, Breck High School, 6 p.m. Saturday against Duluth FC. That's right. Well, John, as we all know, the USL two side suffered bitter defeat away in Stillwater on Saturday. I was there. This was a game that the Crows dominated from the start. I'll say fans can listen to Kyle's recap uh, posted on the pod page, but it was frustrating to see our team (coughs) be better on the ball, better defensively organized, uh, better at bossing the midfield. They were winning challenges. They were taking shots hitting the post and still not being able to break through against what ended up to be a 10 man St. Croix team. Very, very frustrating in the end of at the end of that game. Um, like I brought up, I think individually this team looked this team looked great. Joe, I mean, from the back forward, right? Martin, uh, Jonah kept that defense organized. Jameis and Charles looked stellar. I mean, he was single-handedly just like walking up to guys and taking the ball away and they couldn't mm-hmm. do anything about it. I think where we fell short most of the game, we already talked about this linking up together, you know, that midfield, instead of trusting each other ends up dinking it out to the wings quite a bit. Herbert finds himself double and tripled up. And, and I don't think he really seemed to know what to do in that instance, like where his outlets were because yeah. they, he wasn't familiar with the midfield, wasn't familiar with where his players would be. I would say that Xavier Zengue was a bright spot in this game, really working with Aiden and Zach Susi and Eli to finally bring some dangerous link up play into the box. But even, even down a man, St. Croix was always able to find a toe on that ball in the last second. It was really, really a frustrating game that just felt like the goal had to come. The goals had to come. And then they never did talk about a stupid second yellow card. Like it wasn't, <laughs> I mean, like uh, I, I've all, I've been there before where you like, you just, your, your, your circuits just get unplugged in the middle of a game and then something dumb happens and you're like, well, now I'm in, now I'm, no, I'm hitting the showers. Yep. So, um, but but yeah, so I, I watched this match twice, Nate. <laughs> partly because I had it on in the background. I was doing like my day job stuff. And partly because to me, it had many bright spots. You touched on a, a, a couple of them um, that the other games just didn't have. And mm-hmm. I wanted to go back to confirm what I saw. And, and I think I, I, I think I did find some of those, those bright spots. This literally was the best soccer we play at the USL level to date. I mean, the ball moved well. The players fought hard. We created, we finally created more chances. We outshot them 12 to three. I know. And, and their goal came on like a broken down uh, set piece where a guy out jumped Lionel Vang. And why is, why is Lionel having to guard a guy on a set piece? Um, he's not, he's not strong in the air. No offense, Lionel, you're just not. Um, so that could have been easily fixed. It was really one-way traffic. Almost, mm-hmm. I, I would say for 80% of that game, it was one-way traffic. Yeah. And like you said, they got a toe on things. It kind of sucked. I think the second point I have is the loss of Dom It create in the midfield created an imbalance. And Jamison Charles' inclusion helped fix that. And what it did was it moved around Aiden O'Driscoll, who Aiden was his conference uh, offensive player of the year. <laughs> we the forget year about that. Right. And what we what he had been deployed doing is a deep lying midfielder. 
and that it wasn't a it's not a it's not a bad spot for Aiden it's not the best spot for Aiden he needs to be where he can he can link up with attackers he can link up with numbers he can be in a little bit of a different space maybe do some things offensively on his own whether it's via the shot or that final killer pass being back trying to be the ball winner it isn't isn't great for him for you know who it's great for a guy who has an endless amount of energy who loves getting stuck in in Jamison Charles and you saw the difference and what it did was it moved Luca into more of that calm box to box outlet it moved Aiden closer up to the front Aiden starts combining with Zach and Eli we get 12 chances yep so you're you we we forget the fact that that over the past few games we've lost Dom and uh, for those of you who don't know, Dom moved to Chicago, uh, ended up getting a, a job uh, out of grad school at University of Northwestern. So uh, not, a bad, really, not a bad not, institution. Yeah, not a bad move. Uh, my next point is the movement up top was better. I saw interchangeability between positions like that we used to see with the Will Kids and the Justin Olivers and the Nick Cuttons playing together where they were, you know, you find one guy who starts out on the left, but he might end up on the right or up top. Um, so you saw you saw uh, Zach and Eli moving around a little bit. Um, you saw Herbert finding different places. I still don't think that the, those three together have shown linkage yet, but it's coming. I think with the creating more chances, I think they're they're seeing that this movement and interchangeability is actually getting them better in better spots. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> so I thought I thought that that was that was a, a a really good thing to see. And then I thought defensively from from forward back. I mean, you mentioned the organization of, uh, of Jonah. I thought the partnership between Jonah and Ben Hughes seems to be one that, that we can lean on now. Uh, they, 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 they're starting to play well together. Um, Xavier uh, has, has, has been a bright spot. I think we, we, we discount the fact that Wes Lawrence is just bringing his lunch pail at left back and yeah. doing, doing his job every game. And I might argue that, you know, even in our losses, that he probably was our best player for large stretches by just going out there and having passion. Um, and I, I think that you talk about the back line, Martin doing his job in net. And then you look at the the forward line. I thought our, our line of pressure was increased and we were seeing a lot of turnovers in, in the defensive third for the opponent instead of our turnovers being in our, in our defensive end. Mm-hmm. So you, you kind of put all that together and um, we, uh, we, we did everything we had to do. It goes into my last point. The soccer, co- the soccer gods just boned us last weekend. Um, and that's, that's the type of loss that I'm okay with. I'm not okay with just the absolute terrible performance. And then you just getting rolled over by a team that you should be able to compete with. So I think that, that it, this is a great sign that, that things we've talked about internally on how to fix are starting to gain a little traction and that cohesion, at least at the USL two level, that seems to be a really good squad for us to enter that this competition with. That we mm-hmm. should we should continue to stick with that one, and then work around it and bring in the bring in the other players that we need to, whether calling them up or filtering some of that talent down to the uh, the MPSL squad. And I shouldn't say down over to the the MPSL squad. Yeah, I agree. Overall, frustrating result. We have to feel like we missed out on at least a point here, John. Who were your bright spots in this game? I, I think we already covered it, Jameson. Yeah. Um. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> we call we call uh, Aiden the Irish Sedan. He's the Minnesota and Golo Conte. Like he, he really is. It's like the guy with a smile on his face all the time. It doesn't say much, but then just goes after, after it every single game. And like, there's the engine there. 
his ability to turn players over, like a, a more dangerous attacking players, to turn them over in spots that that uh, allow us to quickly transition was how we ended up getting a lot of our chances, to be honest with you. So mm-hmm. I thought he won A, absolutely. I think uh, 1B and 1C was the combination between Zach and Eli. I thought that they they worked really well together. There was There was some cohesion there. There's opportunities where it's like a, uh, a one-touch flick into space where the other guy's running onto it. There was a couple dummies, things where like players are starting to figure out how to work with each other. And I thought that Eli and, and Zach combined uh, were, were, were really stand out in that. And I'm really looking forward to seeing them in the next go here against St. Croix to see if they can't build on top of that. Yeah. The USL2 team, John, has, has a weekend off, but they pick right up next week with a strange Tuesday night away game against the same St. Croix team. Any thoughts on what we might change to get the ball to bounce in our favor? Or do you think, like you said, we're doing all the right things. It's just a matter of uh, if the soccer gods smile upon us. I think we just go, we go at a similar game plan. I know they'll probably change some things up. And I, I think that this might, I, I can't believe Mac be saying this, but this might be an opportunity where you don't make any changes. You just go out, you start where you found success and then mm-hmm. augment off of that. I don't think that we need to go into this thinking that there's other things we need to be doing, but I, I would say that this is an opportunity for us to just fire up emotionally a little bit with the same game plan and start there. Yeah. I'm feeling that. All right. So now as we get to uh, the bright spot, I guess you could say, <laughs> uh, if you look at the schedule and the standings for the Midwest West, these, there are, these were three games for the futures boys that we always knew would challenge them. Um, and, and man, I'll say this, Nate, this, this futures team is so fun to watch. And I will encourage all of you to get out to one of their last remaining uh, two home games, or even maybe some of the away games, if you want, since they'll mostly be in town, um, get out and watch them play. It, it's such a breath of fresh air to see the youthful exuberance, I guess you can call it, um, huh. that, that, that's coming out of, out of these guys. And, and we have one, we, we have a double header on, on Saturday. So there's no excuse. Two o'clock, come out, watch the futures, get a couple pops at either Uda Pills or the VFW and head on back for the, for the game against Duluth. What better way to spend a Saturday, right, Nate? Word. <laughs> so quickly, we'll get, we'll get to the recap of these three. First up was Bloor FC. Um, probably the toughest te- test to date for the futures. It was on the road versus a team that leveled up from last year. Um, and, and like I said, the, a group that's, that, that was on top of the table going into that match in the run of play for futures. Um, re- they, they really had the lion's share of possession. Uh, they, they really did keep the ball. Well, majority of the chances were seen uh, on their end in the first half. Then there's an early goal by Kevin Jabeth in the 17th minute, continuing uh, for him to shoulder the load when the club's top goal scorer Luik is not inside where he's off scoring goals elsewhere. Um, uh, but after that, it was pretty much a slow burn of Laura getting the run started to create some more chances of substance. That's where you insert goalkeeper Evan Siefkin, who made a number of key saves um, to only see a nasty challenge. He got, he got just, he's a big dude, but he got absolutely throttled. Um, that resulted in him being removed from the match. He's okay. Um, that thankfully he's okay. Um, and he, his replacement was unable to keep a clean sheet. Uh, and we saw the home side level, um, in the, in the 70th minute or 72nd minute, excuse me. Um, and that's, how- that's Evan Siefkin of the, uh, of the big penalty kick 
playoff performance last year, right? No, that was uh, no, no. Well, that, that was Ben Schleeman. That, that was Ben. Schleeman. Yep. Um, sorry, got no, my kids got my kids confused. Evan Siefkin, uh It was uh, the the features player from last year who ended up going to uh, St. John's in the Mayak mm-hmm. and was the uh, the uh, goalkeeper of the year oh, as okay. a freshman. Not bad. Uh, st- we're going to go game by game because it seems like you've got some standout performers since you've watched all these. And we always say this, that like, it's tough to um, keep tab, keep tabs on all these futures kids because the, the roster rotates. So we want to make sure we're giving every top performer in every game their due. Who were the, who are the guys that you thought the team leaned on and owed this result to? So uh, Mutu watch Slim Shady with the blonde hair is uh, <laughs> is continuing to perform. I think that um, his game had to take another step up from where he was at in the first year of the Futures program. And now he's one of the veteran players. He's played, I think, every minute of every game. Um, and uh, he he set up the goal to uh, to Keva. And, and he's just continuing to perform, whether it's scoring himself or setting setting the table for others. Um, and then my, my last thing I'll perform for this game was a newer inclusion. That's Ramsey Uru Akondo, um, oh, cool. who is, um, a, he's, he's going to be going into his sophomore year at Marquette University. So comes from a good Division One program. Um, just a, a, a relentless defender that has size, speed, uh, very good on the ball. He can actually score goals, too. If you put him up top, he probably score goals. Um, uh, just a, a really great player, but he started what I saw, uh, uh, uh the ability. Cause when you, when you looked at, um, Nick and Tyler and even Alvaro in the, in the central focus of the back line, those guys don't have a ton of recovery speed when facing off against faster forwards. He's that compliment to those, those taller ball winners that are more calmer um and, and don't necessarily have that speed so really great inclusion i thought he he had a really great first game with the club um so then going into the second game against um fc minneapolis the self-proclaimed wing wizard club owner ian cindy brought his <laughs> den of city lions into uh this match geared up uh to get a result that they much need to stay in the hunt in this conference. Uh, unfortunately for for uh, club owner Ian Sendi, he ran into the freight train that is Ramsey Uru uh, uh, Kondo and broke his shoulder. Uh, so uh, <laughs> we we, uh, we don't wish uh, any ill on anyone. Uh, we hope he has a speedy recovery. However, the uh, the the social media picture of him clearly staging that he's sleeping in his hospital bed on their club Twitter account was comical to see, but we hope for a speedy recovery for him. Um, so last season, this was a total trap game for uh, for MC2 that really needed some late game uh, Derek Ullman heroics to draw level um, and seemed to be the same script in this season's match, to be honest, Nate. FC Minneapolis got off to a hot start really through just route one long ball soccer, which taxed, taxed the the two-date stout features backline, which hadn't conceded a goal up until this game. Um, seeing them after uh, seeing them uh, give up a goal in the first half, um, and then after the 65th minute, giving up the second goal, and really being the first time they had to face that deficit adversity of trying to come from behind. Uh, but they showed the Futures guys showed some real grit. They were able to bring one back, seeing uh, Kevin Chabeth continue his hot form, who uh, not getting on the score sheet, but, but uh, collecting the ball and finding a streaky Noah Hermanson who drove a well-placed shot, well, like a one-time shot on the corner of the box. Really nice shot. 
uh, past the FC Minneapolis goalkeeper in the 70th minute. And then it was game on, dude. The, the tide had officially yeah. turned in the future's favor. They peppered the city lions. I think that's what they go by the lions um, with a bevy of, of chances, but uh, nothing can really come of it. And then in the 88th minute, there was a foul at midfield uh, by the lions. Um, I, I kind of a dumb foul, to be honest with you. Uh, and um, goalkeeper uh, on the day, Kalen, uh, Mattis, Skeltil, Kalen, forget, I always pronounce his name wrong. Uh, Metastelto um, was the was the spot kick taker. Drives the ball fifty yards. Um, everyone's in the box, and it looked like we might Nate have our first ever goalkeeper goal because the oh. ball went in directly off the kick. Um, so almost had club history, but when we went back, it was actually Ramsey Uru on a, a condo who opened up its crow scoring account, getting a slight touch of the ball via the head just before the onrushing goalkeeper um, get his hands on things. And then that's how the game would would uh, uh, would end with it being leveled. Matic, okay, so that's Matiscatilo or something. Kalen yeah. Matiscatilo. He's been on. He's been on the bench for a number of NPSL games. That's cool to see him. Uh, get and some... he played. He played in Peoria for the yeah. USL too. Yeah. Oh, that's that's right. So um, you know he's getting action all up and down our uh, our organization. But that is that would have been amazing to get a goalkeeper goalkeeper goal. I mean, he could still lobby for it. I mean, you're talking about like a uh, camera, you know, 400 yards away on top of a roof somewhere where, so it, it, it looked like there was a touch, but maybe we'll give him a half goal. Okay. Either way, goalkeeper assists are, are nice. Uh, so you've been talking a lot more about, uh, still about Ramsey or Wakanda. Like, seems like he has settled, settled in nicely to this team. Yeah, he's my top, my standout performer for sure. And I, I don't say that because he got the half goal, what we're calling it. Um, but, <laughs> and I'm not saying because he throttled the incendiary on a, on a legal 50 50 challenge and broke his shoulder. Um, what I'm basically saying is like he, he is establishing himself as one of, or if not the probably the most, if you, if you take e, uh, Luik out of the equation and maybe even Evan in that he's establishing himself as probably the most ready to be able to help the senior squad. Um, and I think that comes from his high level division one uh, season that he had with Marquette. Um, but just, he's, he's really fun to watch. Um, he's a really great communicator. He's he, like I said, he's fast, he's strong, he, he's good on the ball. Um, and, you know, he, he's been a, a really great inclusion when it comes to the physicality of the UPSL. Nice. Well, speaking of physicality, the Laura high scoring team, you know, FC Minneapolis is always a tough physical grind, but these Dakota young stars, John, they've been clinical in how they've dispatched Midwest West opponents. I think combination of both, right? And here the UPSL squad has to go in and play against them third game in a week. Um, These are three big games in one week. Was this Mm -hmm. a matter of JJ and his staff making adjustments and the players executing some great game plans, or we were just, were we just going to play our game and let these teams bring it? I think it's a little bit of a, a little bit of B Nate, uh, the future staff, or maybe a little bit of a, a little bit of B, a little bit of C if I'm going back and reading your notes correctly. Um, but I think the future staff has done a wonderful job of, uh, of adjusting rosters for each match to try to keep cohesion, but also like plug some holes that they, they need to plug in order to, to move on to the next match. Um, but something we, we talked about, um, with the senior squad really needing to do 
the futures guys have figured it out. Um, but also they, they've done a really great job of building their style and then letting that dictate how they go into matches. So it's more of like a, we're going to do us. You're going to, you're going to do you, but we know how to change things to adapt kind of methodology. Uh, but for this specific match, uh, it wasn't really anything different, Nate. I mean, however, this was probably the most physical UPSL match that the Futures have had to play in. There were some really bad fouls. There was a lot of trash talking flying around. Uh, wow. But the boys were up for the fight, man. They didn't back down. And they did what they had to do on the road in, in Sioux Falls, which for the senior team is always a trap. So it's we're just going to call it a trap for the, uh, the, the Futures boys, too. Um, it, it's always hard. You know, you have to go there and get – get back on a bus and it just yeah it's just it's just far so they they kept with their their plan um they got an early goal via the mutu Luik combo which we've seen already this season in the 11th minute and then after that it was just tightening up the boxing gloves and protecting your face get a few jabs in before the final bell and that's exactly what happened you know the final 79 minutes after they got that goal um the the boys were able to leave with a crucial three points um and, and another clean sheet so thus far nate if you're if you're a table watcher, uh, currently uh, the Futures boys sit in third place after six games played with four wins, two loss, uh, two draws, and no losses uh, with uh, 15, 15 goals scored, three against, and 14 total points. They they are only two back from the Dakota Young Stars, so uh, who two have points. A game, uh, two points back, and they have yep. a game, and we have a game in hand. So um, we're, we, 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 we sit well there. And then Valora sits at top with six wins and one draw um, on 19 points. So they're uh, with us also having a game in hand. So you're sitting five points back from first place. You are, you've kind of gone through the gauntlet of the best teams in the division and you're playing really good soccer. Something really to keep an eye on for city fans is this could be an opportunity where we again, get a playoff game maybe in the mix. So I think that we're sitting in a really good spot. We, all we really have to do is not drop points um, in our next match with Dakota having to go into a tough match. So there's a potential for us to get three points and leap over them into second place. And then we just have to hope that someone maybe knocks off Laura since we don't face them again, even though we, we, we drew that game um, that we mentioned. So some really exciting stuff going into this, going into the, uh, the second or to the end, the end half of the season for the futures to keep an eye on. Yeah, I don't think we have any idea how the playoff system works in the UPSL, but if I remember last year, like we might have a play-in game. Like second place might be good enough to make the playoffs, and we might have a chance at a rematch against Flora, right? To be able to to be able to to advance. So I think that's something that's that to play for. It feels, it feels pretty good. Um, next up for futures is the first half of Saturday's doubleheader. It's the home game at Breck against Turbo Sports. John, if I remember from last year, the way this team got run off the field, more like uh, water sports. Am I right? I mean, they just pissed their <laughs> pants all over the place. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. But real quickly, before we. Uh, before, oh, I forgot we... to I forgot to bring up who your player of the game was for the for the Dakota game. Yeah, we don't we, we got to give the love, man. <laughs> uh, my, my standout performer of this one was goalkeeper Evan Seifkin. I think that this was the game where he had to face more action and uh he stood, he stood the test and he was able to uh to to keep to keep them out of the net and 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 get another clean sheet and uh and luckily he was able to recover from uh some some minor surface injuries 
uh, from the, uh, the, the um, uh, FC Minneapolis game. So good, good to have him back. And I thought that he's further establishing himself, like I mentioned with, with, uh, with um, Ramsey and with uh, Loic and you can throw Moo in there. You can throw Nick Kent. You can, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of young kids that are, uh, just on the cusp of being able to move into the senior level, which is a great thing to see. Absolutely. So this is where we leave you folks. Thank you for listening to this week's show. And thank you to our wonderful show sponsor, footballstadiumprints.com. If you're in the market for supremely curated soccer focused graphic design, anything from mugs to t-shirts uh, or prints, head on over to footballstadiumprints.com and fill up your cart. And don't forget, use the code CROWS10. That's CROWS10 for 10% off anything that you purchase. And remember, <laughs> excuse me, all U.S. orders ship right here from the States. So there's no pesky international shipping charges. That's footballstadiumprints.com. And remember, as always, Minneapolis City is a 501c3, so consider beefing up that tax-deductible donation ahead of next year through charitable gift to the club loves to give back. If you're interested in getting a hold of us, we the club. MPLS City SC through the show at the People's Pitch or via email mcscpodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's all for this week's show, folks. I have been John. That has been Nate. Game week five. It seems like been so much soccer in five weeks. I know. <laughs> we used to only have one. We, we, we used to only have one game. Now we've had like fifty. <laughs> so tons of soccer left ahead of us. So get on out to a game, especially this weekend. Come out and see the doubleheader at Breck, 2 o'clock Futures, 6 o'clock NPSL, and you got hooked.